from the blue podcast and it's another celebratory one because we did them we did them up like a hipper and it was beautiful to watch and um and i've got two great guys with me to talk about this let's start off with bernard bernard you were the one at the game uh how was it glorious glorious i must admit i was pretty mo- <laughs> i was a bit emotional uh, to say the least my lad was in a different section to me but as soon as we got in there was a spare seat next to me i'm not sure if it was raised it was next to me i'm not sure but there was a space next to me so i, I sort of got me I, my lad's attention said hey come here so at least we sell it you know he just got there actually we scored by then obviously this is about 10 minutes in we're already one nil up at that stage but uh, so it's nice to do it it's nice to share it with family and friends isn't it even better i must admit i did have a a tear in my eye. Hopefully, I'll have a couple more by by next uh, next weekend. It was beautiful, Ray, and um, I think both of us were watching it on TV. Um, uh, that was a fast start, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> well, I tell you what. Um, was it twelve? They, they were the, the debating whether it was twelve or thirteen. Thirteen minutes. Thirteen minutes. Thirteen seconds. I tell you what, I hope his honeymoon lasted longer <laughs> than that. You know, uh, he, uh, Gundogan was quick on the draw, weren't he? But it was fantastic. I, I think it helped the game because those dirty, dirty. Um, uh, let's keep it clean. Those the, the Man United were just really there to, I think, provoke us, be negative, rely on luck. Uh, you know, humping the ball forwards. Whereas we wanted to play football, so getting that early goal, I think that made. Uh, it, I think it helped the game. I don't think the game was a brilliant game of football, unless you were one of the fans of, of the opposing teams. For the neutral, it was a bit, you know, um, a bit boring. I, I think there's not a lot of quality of top quality football. But that, you know, getting that goal, I'm going to talk about it. I might as well. I'm, I'm, I'm blabbering the way as it is. But I mean, well, I'll, I'll hold up on that for a second because. Uh, we're 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 going to talk about that in extreme detail, but let's go over to Bernard. Bernard, what was the atmosphere like? What was your experience like uh, getting to the game? Uh, tell us all about that. Yeah, I'll try and be as brief. We don't want to turn everyone off uh, before we get started. But I mean, simply we we got our coach at half six in the morning, which I thought was a reasonable time to get there. We were, we were booked into the Green Man. The police had told us to be there by quarter past eleven or they'd be turning us away. So we actually got there about 20 past 11, so we didn't do too bad and they didn't turn us away, so that was fine. 
uh, yeah, and other people were leaving at 9am. And I, I must admit, if you were leaving at 9am on a coach, I think you would have been struggling to get there or, or within reasonable time. Traffic problems, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it seemed to go quite well going down. I know there was trouble coming back. We we'll probably won't touch upon it too much. A lot of services were closed because of trouble. But obviously, United fans were turning up at city service stations and stuff like this. So, as you'd expect. Uh, but I think around Wembley and around Wembley, from what I've seen, it was it was uh, reasonably controlled by the police. 1,200 police. He did a pretty good job. Atmosphere was tremendous. I, I chatted to Ray early on, on on his show about this is one of the best atmospheres I've been in as a City fan at Wembley um, since I've been going in. Obviously, my first one was in 1974, uh, and this is the best, apart from the Tottenham Hotspur Carabao Cup game, which was weird because there's only 2,000 of us there, but that was a good atmosphere as well. But, yeah, all credit to the City fans. We didn't really hear the United fans. I'm sure I'm sure they, you could hear them on the telly, but we couldn't. There was so much noise around me. I was in one of the top tiers in the corner. Uh, so much noise around me. I never, never, apart from when they scored, and I, I actually didn't hear the United fans. I'm fairly sure you probably did on the telly or whatever. But uh, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. tremendous. Yeah, credit to the City fans. And as I say, generally it went off okay. Uh, bits, bits and pockets of trouble, but mainly away from the ground. I think uh, coming coming back. But uh, I think I think it was a lot better than most people thought. I've got to say, that, Bernard, did you, Mike? Did you did you did you recognise anybody on the uh, on the coach? Just the usual guys, mate. Nothing, no one particularly. Sorry, Ray. I think Ray just watched the atmosphere. Watching on telly, you only heard the city fans. Honestly, only heard the city fans. You know, obviously we scored early, but you know, that, well, that helped. Obviously, that really did help. Yeah. But even after they scored, you know, it really was. It was just city fans. You know, you had, the thing. I think you can tell which fans you can hear the most when United had the ball. It was a cacophony of booze. Well, uh, ringing around Wembley. Okay, that's honestly that's all you heard was was booze in that first 10, 15, 20 minutes when United got yeah, that was United fans, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but it was City fans, you know, uh, out behaved Man United fans, out sung them, out supported their team. We stayed to the end. I mean, th- those beggars, as soon as that final whistle went, they were gone, they were gone, you know. Some of those guys, the game finished about five o'clock. Some of those guys would have been home by about 20 past five. I mean, you know, they didn't have far to go, um, these London Reds. But the City fans were a credit to themselves and the club. Well, guys, I'm going to bring up something. And I know that as soon as I bring this up, Bernard and uh, Ray are going to groan because they don't like uh, to talk about this. But, guys, I have to mention it. I have to mention it. so we had Mark Goldbridge um, doing a live show and um, he started off by uh, doing this um, this mockery of uh, Man City and their supporters and the fact that, um, uh, you, you know, the, the former players that uh, uh, we love to see in the past. And he was giving it everything, mocking them. And then you... Uh, it was so funny, guys. It was so funny. So he started to watch the game. He was doing a live feed, and then suddenly his face changed, and he went, "Oh my gosh! It's like one. We were like we're one nil down already. We've got to talk about this goal, uh, Ray, because it, it it looked like an Ederson punt, um, out into the the middle of the field, 
and before you could even before Edison pump, but it wasn't Edison. Yeah, it it looked like Edison, but actually it was Ortega. But um, before we knew where we were, Ray, we were one nil up. Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. Well, as we said, twelve thirteen seconds. I mean, what's one second win, friends? Um, But he punted it out to the right hand side of midfield. I mean, actually, let's, let's, I mean, I'll, let's, it'll take longer to describe it than it actually took to score it. <laughs> the, the, we took the goal, ki- uh, sorry, the cent- uh, kick-off, went straight back to Ortega, had a couple of touches, looked around, and someone blocked Rashford off uh, from getting close to him, and he just pumped it down the field. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say he, it wasn't a hit and hope because he was aiming for Haaland, because Haaland's six foot five, you know, uh, and Haaland occasionally jumps for the ball. Uh, are you listening? Uh, are you watching Mr. Rashford? Because uh, there's a point in the second half when he just didn't bother jumping for a header. Um, so Haaland got a, a flick on. KDB chased it. But I think it was Lindelof got um, it bounced and Lindelof got his head to it. I think it just deflected off KDB's head. It didn't mean nothing about what was going on. And it fell nicely to Ilkay Kunwan, who was unmarked about 22, 25 yards out. He hit it with his right foot. It got a little bit of, uh, it hit it with the just on the outside of the right foot. Is that a bit of fade as it goes away? If, if, oh, I can't remember my golfing terminology. And it just went into the corner. And uh, <laughs> De Gea didn't move. He was like a statue. Uh, he didn't move a, a muscle because he had, there was no point. It was just a beautiful volley, uh, unerringly into that corner. And after 13 seconds, it will 1-0 up. A lot of... Um, uh, cheering from the fans and cheering from um, the players. You really celebrated. Uh, Bernard, I guess you hadn't possibly even got settled down into your seat. You get like the uh, watching it on TV. I mean, the the cameras flashed over uh, to Ferguson. You know, not in my lifetime, Ferguson, and um, the sad chops. You know. Came down in a few seconds, but um, Bernard, did you did, did you even get settled properly before that goal went in? Yeah, I think I think you find with cup finals is the fans. Oh, there's some that are going to stay at the bar as long as they can. Of course they are, but I think most fans like me, I just want to get in and listen to the national anthem and stuff like this and uh, get involved. So I think looking at in and around me, yeah, it was reasonably full when that goal went in. Normally, perhaps, uh, you know, it probably wouldn't have been as full in a normal game if you score a goal after 12 or 13 seconds. But, yeah, I mean, uh, there was plenty. And as I said, my lad was in a different section. Uh, and the bloke next to me, literally, when that goal went in, he, he had a city top on. But I tell you, he didn't move. He absolutely didn't move. And one, one job, I mean, I'm not the most bouncy up and down. You know, I'm getting on a bit. And I sort of just sort of, I didn't punch him, but I sort of just nudged him and said, hey, we've scored, you know, we scored now. Whether he was totally shocked or he was a United fan with a City shirt on pretending to be a City fan, I'm, I'm not sure. But I think it was just the shock of it all at the time. And I've got, mm-hmm. to pay full, I've got to pay full compliments to Ten Hag and United because I think knowing that we'd put our number two goalkeeper in, I think they decided not to play a goalkeeper yesterday. So I want to play pay all compliments, <laughs> all compliments to United for, for that uh, token effort. And yeah, it was it was pretty amazing, I must admit. And I, just shock, just shock around the City fans as well as I'm sure around the United fans and, and the watching public, as I say. There's a little banner, isn't there, in Wembley with um, 19 seconds was an FA Vars. 
goal that was scored in 19 seconds was the previous record in the FA Cup final. So that'll be coming down and it'll be replaced whether it's 12 or 13 seconds uh, with that one yesterday. Ray, we have got we have got to keep this guy. Gundogan, I would like to. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about him now? <laughs> yeah, let's do, let's do this because I think well we'll talk about him a little bit uh, later on. But we have got to give this guy what he wants. I agree. I mean, I think I've chat with Bernard earlier. Decisions been made now. Um, it's unlikely that whatever decision has been made will be changed. Um, you know, we tried and tried what is, what is that decision, uh, Ray? I I don't know. I fear it's Ilka Gundogan leaving. Now, there's lots of people trying to, you know, listen to what people say, look at actions and and trying to make decisions. We might talk about someone on Twitter who, you know, had a go at Riyad Mahrez, um, the way he was walking to celebrate with the players um, later on, if we get the time in the pod. Um, But people are trying to interpret what, and read between the lines, what they see, what they hear. Now, I think um, there's been... Few things, uh, whatever decision has been made, like Leroy Sane, he made a decision, and you know, we were hoping, and fans were hoping and hoping and hoping that that decision might be changed, but it wasn't. Um, um, but that decision wasn't changed, but um, and I think it's the same here, whatever he's decided, it will probably say the same, unless I mean, he can have a change of mind, unless the love of everything that's going on, I think he's decided to leave. Otherwise, why wouldn't he have said so already? Why is it wait till after the Champions League final before you make a decision? You know, uh, Jolly Lusky did an interview with him this week asking him about that. And he said, well, we'll wait and see. They asked Pep after the final about it. And Pep said, uh, Cheeky's doing his best. We'll see. I think they asked Gundogan about it after the final. And he said, basically, wait and see. What are they waiting for? You know, you'd think if he was going to sign an extension, he'd have done it already. What's he waiting for? I don't know. Is it? This, you think there's only two or three things in the equation, I think. One, money. Well, I don't think money uh, should be any part of it because it doesn't need to be, unless, unless you're carrying Benzema, you know, who apparently has le- uh, left Real Madrid now because Saudis are offering him hundreds of millions of pounds to go. I don't think that's the prime motivator for Gundogan. Is it the length of contract? Now, that's an issue because you think at this age, you'd only get a one-year extension rolling extension or a one-year extension and then it's reviewed again. Now, if that's the case and he wants two off two years, City should be giving him those two years. You know, I don't think we've got an issue with FFP. If it's a matter of money, you know, it's one year's contract of paying him £200,000 a week, 10 million quid. Um, the other option is, the other option is to pay him, if he wants a three-year contract and we're only offering him a two-year contract, then maybe that's the issue as well. Is that three years? You know, he wants more than we're basically he wants more than we're offering him. That to me is an issue. Or alternatively, it can be a family reason. He wants a bit of son. He's sick and tired of the rainy Manchester. His wife maybe wants uh, you know, to, to move to, to Spain or Italy. Who knows? We, we should be pulling out all the stuff to keep him here because look what he's done for us. Three was it three seasons ago? He's was he our top scorer with 13 goals or something in the league? Uh, when we played with a false nine, he's got the two goals against um, Aston Villa coming off the bench last season. He scored in the last six games, important games he's, that he's played. He scored six goals and got two assists. He's been fantastic. And all through his career at City, he's been generally very, very good. And especially in the last two months, he feels 
irreplaceable. He's got a calm head. He's our captain. Everything, to me, points that he should be staying. Now, obviously, we've got an issue with Bernardo Silva as well. I don't want the pair of them to go. I don't want the pair. If we lost both of them, I think that's a big hole that nobody could easily fill this talk about. Kovacic coming in, I think that would help a little bit. But you don't want to lose two out of three of the main uh, attacking midfield here players. So I'm desperate. I'm desperate for them to stay. Um, but I don't think we have a choice or a say anymore. You can find out in probably next Monday, like Vincent Company did. Vincent Company did after the FA Cup final, if you remember, um, in 2019, the day after, the morning of you know, the, the Sunday after the final. He announced his um, moving. So it could be as quick as next Sunday. I hope it's not. But um, actually, I hope it is. Take it back. Just get it out there as quickly as we can and allow the fans to start moving on uh, from Elton Gunner if he's going to leave. Bernard, what do you think? Do you have that sinking feeling? Or do you think that um, the city board will pull, pull something out of the hat here for him? Yeah, I mean, I've got to echo everything Ray said there. As I said, we have chatted about this earlier. Uh, the only thing I would pro- perhaps add is that uh, you may be looking more future-wise, looking at a coaching position and perhaps City are offering that opportunity at the moment as well, which he might be being offered somewhere else, which you know, that's where he wants to go, uh, his long-term future. So perhaps that's part of why he's... He, he seems to want to be a coach, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, so I think somewhere on the line, perhaps he wanted something a bit more from City on that. But, you know, we're only putting, you know, guessing. We're only guessing, of course we are. But like Ray, I just can't see any anything beyond him not staying now. I can't see anything beyond that he's leaving because if he was staying, we'd know. It's it's easy, you know, you can only, all right, you might, we might be reading between the lines again it all wrong. But I think he wants a little bit more than he's being offered. I think City perhaps didn't offer him enough at the outset, I think if if City had been a bit more positive at the start of the season, I'm, I'm fairly sure, and we sort of agreed that they might have offered him just another year with a possible extension. But perhaps he wanted a bit more at that stage. And he's not totally off. He's just looked looking at his future and made made a decision, and that decision has been made. And as the season draws to a close now, and Cheek they say Cheek Cheeky's doing his best, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I, I think in his own mind and with his family, he's made a decision. And unfortunately, I think that decision. Will take him away from us. Uh, hopefully not. Hopefully it will. We'll get some good news after the Champions League final, as well as the Champions League win. We'll get some good news after that as well. But I, I can't see it. Yeah, I totally agree with you guys. I, I, I've got a slightly sinking uh, feeling about that. But, but um, that's the story for another uh, day, Ray. How do you feel that um, that City opened up against uh, United in that first half? Because I think. I'm right in saying that they there was only maybe two possible shots on goal. It, it was it, it was quite dominant, Ray. Yeah, I mean, look in the whole game, United had one shot on target, and that was that dubious, dodgy penalty that we obviously will uh, will come to talk about in a minute. Um, but you know, pretty much the first ten well, let's look, first ten, 10 minutes, City had those two wonderful um, opportunities. Um, obviously one we scored from one we didn't uh, the Godfrey header uh, after about 8 or 10 minutes uh, good cross from KDB from free kick and uh, I really think he should have done a little bit better but um, 
It was a great header. It was a great header. He could have done better, of course, by scoring. But it, it was a. He connected well, and yeah, it was unlucky. Yeah, I think he was unlucky. He didn't he just didn't get enough on it. Uh, but look, um, you know, credit. It was, it was a good, it was a good, um, good connection. Uh, but he just didn't have enough on it. Which it's just a shame. But hey, it is what it is, and um, that's the, the way it goes. Um, yeah, no, I, I think overall, first half was the game was City, all the game was cities. Um, you know, United weren't really in that game at all. They re, they relied on uh, City mistakes. They relied on uh, at the end hoofing the ball up. They were, you know, it was a game that they were they were just not there. Basically, they were just not in that game. Um, but hey, you know, you know, we we. But I think I think the thing was what frustrated me a little bit is we slowed down the first 10, 20 minutes. It was all City. We were on top. We were controlling the game. We were moving the ball around reasonably quickly, and then suddenly we decided that you know we won nil up. Let's take it easy. Let's slow down a little bit. I don't understand that. You know, I've always said if City keep on that high tempo, looking for uh, to do stuff, then I think we'll carry on and, and beat teams and score more goals and have more opportunities and I was just disappointed that we didn't uh, give it a little bit more um, and as you're doing that, you're not putting as much pressure on the opposition you're giving them the opportunity to basically get back into the game you know, to get a little hold and I think we did that, I think by the way we did things, we give them an opportunity to get a foothold into a game that I don't think they deserve to be in Um, um. But, you know, it's just the way we, we do it. And I don't know if that's conserving energy or we thought we're going to stuff these guys. Uh, let's take it easy. I, I don't know. I, I can't put my finger on it. Uh, but it was- Well, let, 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 let's move over into uh, Bernard's time. Um, let's take a look at the, the lineup, uh, Bernard. So um, it was not entirely predictable, I thought. But anyway, here we go. So we had Ortega, Walker, Diaz, Akanji, Stones, Rodri, De Bruyne, and we had uh, Gundogan, uh, Bernardo, <laughs> excuse me, Holland and Grealish. And on the bench, uh, this was quite a bench, guys. Ederson, Phillips, Ake, Laporte, Alvarez, Mares, And my, my dad thought that Mares was not even... Um, or like in the ground, but I had to remind him. He know we, he was he was on the bench. Foden, Palmer, and uh, Lewis. Um, uh, so Bernard, um, what were your thoughts about that? Yeah, I'd have to disagree with you slightly. I think I think you say about the picking the team. I think if you look at Pep's strongest team, his availability of players, the only two guys who perhaps had a chance of getting that game that were on the bench yesterday were Aki probably and Foden. Yeah. Uh, were the only two key players who probably could have done it. So uh, all I got wrong, I got ten out of eleven. I only got I only got Aki and Walker wrong. I thought Aki had, had play and Walker had stepped down and Stones had played that did, sort did, of goal. Did, did you get Ortega? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. From I think I think even even before Pep confirmed it, I'd have to take it out because I just knew that's what he's going to do. He you know he sticks to his to his plans. I wasn't. I'm not saying I was totally happy with it on the day. It worked out fine. He he was tremendous. I thought, especially in that last. We'll talk about the 93rd minute save that he did. But uh, yeah, so uh, 
I think Pep only had a choice probably, say, forget Ortega and Edison. I think that choice was already made. But if you talk outfield players, he, he had 10 from 12 to pick. Uh, and, of course, uh, I think he, he went with more, as I say, I only got one wrong. I think he went with a team that most people were happy with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray, what did you think about that lineup? Um, yeah, can't complain. <laughs> it was pretty much as expected, wasn't it? You know, as Bernard said, it, the only thing was would Aki be fit enough to play? Uh, obviously, the decision was that Aki wasn't. I think that was the only, I wouldn't call it contentious, that was the only bone of contention, let's say, uh, whether Aki would be would be fit enough. And, um, uh, you know, I, I, obviously it wasn't. <laughs> obviously it wasn't. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I think overall, can't do you, see, do you think, I mean, do you think like me, if Aki had been fully fit, he would have started that game? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, let's um, not be completely and utterly one-sided. Let's let's take a look at the uh, United lineup um, because it was, you know, relatively interesting. So you had De, De Gea, Juan Bissaka, Rafael Varane, who was uh, talking a lot uh, about this game before it happened, Lindelof, who is a player that I think is phoning it in, guys. I, I, I can't just, I just can't see it. But anyway, uh, Luke Shaw, who's um, had a little bit of a revival, I guess. Casemiro, everyone is talking about that guy. And we'll talk about him in this game. Um, Fred uh, Fernandez, uh, Ericsson, Sanche, and uh, Rashford. So, uh, Bernard, um, looking at the opposition, um, what were your thoughts and uh, were there any particular threats there that you saw? Doesn't didn't worry don't didn't worry me one bit, Mike. I mean, I was looking at that, and I was I always look at the subs bench as well. And if you look at the subs bench, there's one guy who does worry me who at least has a go and he's capable of and doing things. But most people think he probably played him better yesterday, bringing him on. That was Ganacho, of course, who yeah. came on later in the game. And, and most pundits say I don't know too much about the guy. Say he probably. That was his best bringing him on rather than playing him from the start. But he's the only. When you look at that bench, it's rubbish. But buttoned is, is he the only buttoned? Whoever he's called, the Lacia, Maguire, Dalot, McTominay, Veghorst, Pelistri, and Elanga. I mean, really? And you know, I wasn't worried by the first team, and I certainly wasn't worried by what was on the bench. So, yeah, if that's the best they've got, um, why the hell did we only beat them two one? Yeah, Ray. What did you think about um, the opposition? Um, well, United aren't good, as good as City. And the fact that, you know, after the game, pundits are talking about United needing uh, X number of players to be able to compete with City. You know, I heard, was it Roy Keane talking, or somebody talking about five players? They need a goalkeeper, they need a striker, two midfielders, uh, they need a, a winger or whatever. Uh, you know, it's a ridiculous amount of players that they say they need. So you ask yourself, you know, how... Um, how can United compete with City? And even if they did get five top-class players, I don't see them competing with City, not in the slightest. So, um, yeah, it's 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 really, really interesting uh, to see what United are going to do, you know, going forwards. But they're not in a, they're not in City's league. Let's let's be clear about it. United, if, if they'd been given a magic wand and been able to parachute Mason Mountain, I mean, that would have terrified us to death, wouldn't it? <laughs> 
you know, bottom line is United aren't good. That's the bottom line. Uh, guys, there was a hilarious uh, tweet which I, I I reposted, and it was um, unfortunately from somebody who who's blocked me, um, uh, Barney Rodin, of course. But um, yeah, my, he, he, I believe you've been blocked by Barney. I I know I know I don't know exactly what I did, but um, he he did come out with one of those golden lines. He's got the silky uh, silky lines. And he was talking about the double sub substitution uh, in the second half when they brought on uh, uh, Wood, 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 Weghorst oh and uh, McCommonay. And um, he said, um, these guys uh, would help you out if you needed to like shift a sofa up some stairs, but they're <laughs> not going to get through that Man City back line. And I thought that was terribly funny. Uh, apparently, a lot of people uh, did too. The, the, anyway, the referee was uh, Paul Tierney, and um, I don't know, uh, Ray, if you know too much about that referee or what sort of history no, he has. Not really. Got, no. Actually, we've got, I'll just jump in here. He's, we've got a good record with him, fortunately. He's done 20, 27, 28 games now. We've only lost a couple of them, drawn one and won the rest. So he is crap, but at least <laughs> you know we've got crap referees like Mr. Anthony Taylor. I'm, I'm not going to pick on him because he got picked on enough the other day. But uh, you know we've had we've got worse referees, but at least uh, at least Tierney we seem to be dominating when he does when he does try and give it to the opposition. At least it seems to work out, so that's fine. Uh, uh, Ray, let's talk about um, very very briefly uh, City in the FA Cup. Now, do you happen to know um, how many times we've won it and who we've won it with? Oh, um, yeah, we've won it. Okay, let me try and work backwards. Let me try and work backwards here. We've won it with um, uh, we've won it with Mancini, nineteen oh three. We won it in nineteen the nineteen thirties. I think Bernard will correct. Nineteen oh three, nineteen oh four, mate. Sorry, nineteen oh three, oh four. Yeah, we won it in nineteen oh four. All right, got me year out. Um, we won it nineteen thirty four, nineteen thirty four, nineteen sixty nine. Nine, um, that was it in the 1900s, if I'm right. Oh, 1956, didn't we win it? Or 56. Yeah, 56. Bernard's going to have to keep reminding me now. That's four. We won it in 2011, 2019, and 2023. So that makes seven. Right, right. No, uh, the, the reason I'm asking you is because, obviously, um, the other minor cup, the, the League Cup, um, Carabao Cup, Milk Cup, whatever they want to call it. We've won that like so many times it doesn't matter anymore. But for me, this this means a little bit more. Sorry to like quote the Liverpool line, but it does mean a little bit more. Well, and um, It's the oldest cup competition in the world. So, yeah. no, yeah, I mean, Pep gave it a good snog, didn't he? So he, like, he obviously proved he likes it when he snogged that cup. I mean, some, some women fainting on... on on Twitter when they saw him giving that cup a kiss at the at the end right. of the game. <laughs> <laughs> some men, yeah, there's some men a... fainting. There's some men fainting, never mind women. <laughs> yeah, it, it means a lot to Pep. Listen to this, guys. This is what he said. What an honour to be here to play, a, a, to play a final against United in this magnificent stadium and in this beautiful competition. We are ready. We are trained as well as possible. The players know the magnitude of the opponent and uh, what we have to do. It's always hard to pick a team, particularly for a final, 
uh, and six or seven more. He's used used to getting beat in the semi-finals with rubbishy teams. So, yeah, I mean, it's all right him saying this, but he doesn't always follow up with what he says with what he's done over the last few years. (laughs) Yeah, he said uh, we have to control the emotions and stick together in the bad moments. Finals are always uncomfortable and you have to handle it. Ray, Ray, was that? I, I think this was the first time that City had played United in an FA Cup final. Am I right about that? Yeah. Uh, I, I do believe you're right, Michael. Uh, it is the time. Mm-hmm. And so there we go. <laughs> I can't see him. That, go, that, 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 go, that goal uh, from uh, Gunduan and basically. Pop only played in. 10 times in the FA Cup in all all rounds. City played United 10 times in our history. So how many have we won and how many have United won? I'll, get, I'll let Mike have a go first. 10, ten um, times we've played them. We've not drawn any. They've all been decided on the day. So go it, It's got to be something like like four or five max, I would Dreams. say. Yeah, four. Which one are you going for? <laughs> I'm going to go for four. I'm going to go for four. Ray? Uh, five. No, Mikey's right. Mikey's correct. Well done, Mike. Four times. United won six. We won four now with yesterday's. Ah, there you go, Ray. You can you 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 see I can answer questions. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> all right, lads. All right. So anyway, the the goal went in, and um, we were looking for the response. Now, um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of slightly impressed by. Uh, Ten Hag, not just because um, he looks like Pep, but um, he seems like a good, capable manager. And I, I, I've got, I kind of got the feeling that that uh, in the next uh, few seasons, uh, Ray, he'll probably improve them. What do you think? Uh, I, I think that the um, expenditure of about two hundred million pounds will improve them. Uh, <laughs> that's the truth. They will spend. At shed load of money, no question about that. You know they're going to spend big time. Okay, that's that's what's going to improve them. You know, it's going to be the expenditure of that huge amount of money. Look, they're gonna they're gonna have to buy a striker. Okay, they're gonna have to buy a striker this season. Um, still don't know who that's going to be, but they're going to buy somebody. That's not going to be someone cheap. Valt Veghorst has proven that. You know. A waste of effort, waste of time, waste of money, in my opinion. So um, I think that that's going to have a, a big impact. Uh, you know, fragments it. Let's say they do get someone like Harry Kane. Let's say they get someone like uh, Victor Simen. That's going to make a huge difference. I really do believe that um, because it allows Rashford to play out wide, which I think is better for them. Uh, they need to get rid of some absolute dross like Sancho done night for them. Um, but I think that's a, that's your starting point, United, I think. Uh, after that, uh, they're going to get some options. It looks like they're going to get another defender, possibly one or two midfielders. Ericsson looked yesterday that wasn't capable of um, So I think he's um, on his way out. Uh, Casemiro's good. or I think he's, deep, he's pretty good. Um, if they get Mason Mount, that's obviously going to make a big difference to them. Um, but it is, it is really going to be very interesting to see uh, what they're going to do in summer. As I said, I think they'll spend that £200 million, possibly even more, because um, what's his face? He's asking, um, uh, the manager of Ten Hag is asking 
for players. He's asking for more. And I think that um, from he wants, basically wants to spend a lot more money. Uh, and I think they can spend a lot more money to be able to compete. Um, but right now, and I've said it many times, right now they are just not good enough. They're not at our level. Um, the rubbish. Honestly, I mean, they finished third in the league, but so far away from Manchester City that it's not worth, you know, 14 points behind. We, we could have been even more, you know, you know, I talked to Bernard earlier. At the end of the season, we lost five points, which we shouldn't have done. I think if that's something on the line, if Arsenal, if those bottle merchants from North London, Arsenal hadn't bottled it, we if, if we needed to win those last two games, we'd have won them. We'd have beat United. We'd be nineteen points ahead. And there are ifs, buts, and maybe's. But this is the reality. Look at that dodgy all that um, Fernandez squad uh, at Trafford when they, that ridiculous uh, offside. You know. Yes, the game to go, but if we win that, that's that's that was a six-point game. So, you know, arguably, I think, I think if we pushed on, we'd have beaten them by over twenty points, maybe up to twenty-five points this season. So, they're not catching up. I've said it before: to beat City, you need to be getting a minimum of ninety points. You're probably going to exceed ninety. If Arsenal had got ninety points this season, maybe they'd have won the league. We got eighty-nine. You know, that was slightly disappointing, but I, I don't see United anywhere near us next season. Um, they're nowhere near us now. They can go and spend 500 million for all I'm concerned uh, and buy five players. And I still don't think if City are playing at the top of their game, United won't get close. They're still deluded. Last thing I'll say, they're, they're deluded. Their fans are deluded thinking if we buy four or five players, we're going to be uh, we're gonna be back in the big time. Ten Hag is deluded. That's the game he said. My, basically said, my players deserved it. Deserved what? They deserved to win. You had one shot on target, you fraud. If you want to talk about frauds, he had one shot on target in the whole game. That was from that penalty. You know, Casemiro should have been sent up for a, a, a horrible tackle on Akanji, uh, in my opinion. The penalty was ridiculous. City had uh, several other half chances. Uh, you know, Haaland had a decent, opportun- decent opportunities. Uh, KDB had a shot that he scored. Um, you know, we had the opportunities in that game to beat them by four or five. So, they're nowhere near us. And... Not in uh, Ferguson's lifetime. He, I've got to throw that in. He said, "Not in a lifetime will City go into a derby as favourites." Um, I'm not into the what the bookies say, but we were heavy, heavy favourites for that game against United, and we've been heavy favourites for every game we played against United, quite possibly since about 2014. So for the last almost 10 years, we played United 30 times, best part 25 to 30 times in 10 years, and I think this is any game where they've been favourites. So. Um, we are far, far better than they are, and long may it continue. Well, let, let's go over to Bernard, because obviously uh, before the game and during the game, you had um, all of these uh, celebrity Man United fans come out of the uh, come oh. out from under their rocks and, and talk about what was going to happen in their opinion. Um, uh, we, we do have a controversial decision to talk about, uh, and we're going to talk about it, but... Just before that, I, I'd love to have um, Bernard's opinion about uh, uh, Ten Hag. Uh, is he the guy that can bring them back to glory, um, Bernard? Well, someone has to, but as Ray said, it's all, all to do with what sort of money and commitment. And, you know, they talk about Harry Kane, who's a, 
he, he does an okay job as a striker. But they're, not, they're still not forward planning, are they? This this is the thing. We don't seem to be any forward planning with United of a you know a five ten year strategy. We don't really be getting new owners or what's happening on that score. But Ten Hag's a ste- you know he's a steady guy. He's just nothing spectacular for me. He, he he's when he speaks, he doesn't inspire. Doesn't inspire me. Hopefully, he might inspire the United fans if they want to be inspired. But. He's just a steady hand, and yeah, I think he's done a good job. As Ray said, they're not mm. the greatest team in the world. They, they live on reputation when they play teams sometimes, and they get away with it. They get victories where they shouldn't get victories, etc. Some some teams have, don't fall for that now and can beat them, you know, and uh, beat them regularly. But they still got that aura. And Ten Hag's done a, d- a decent job. Uh, I've no no qualms. Whether he can we can take him onto that next level, it, there's a lot more involved than just him, uh, and that's that's the problem with United. If they, if they start planning, if they get someone, they get a, an owner, whether he's from the Middle East or wherever he comes from, and they start throwing money at it, throw money if they throw money at it in the correct way. Soup, yeah, of course they'll be back. They'll be back whether it's Ten Hag or someone else. But if they carry on doing what they're doing at the moment and just living for tomorrow, which is what they tended to do in Ferguson's last couple of years, they were just thinking about what was going to happen today and tomorrow. If they carry on that sort of regime, it, it, ideas, it, they're not going to do anything. But yeah, I mean, I don't, as a person, Ten Hag's not armed me. He's okay. He's a steady, he's a steady, steady hand at the tiller, isn't he? But it's, it's what's on, you know, it's the boat, the, the whole ship that's the problem, not, not particularly the captain who's trying to steer it. So, but as it stands at the moment, yeah, you, you can't see that any change in philosophy, which means hopefully we can carry on dominating them. Ray, 29 minutes. If that is a penalty, <clears throat> if that is a penalty, I am a monkey's uncle. Tell me about no, that. You're a monkey's uncle. Mate. A monkey's uncle. Uh, by the letter of the law, it's a penalty. Okay? By the letter of oh, the law. Oh, shut up. I mean, come on. Really? All right, mate. Read up. I'm going to be brutally, brutally harsh with you. Okay? Okay. 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 By the letter, look, I can take it. I can take it. I can take it. The, rule, the rules as they are, the rules as they are means that's a penalty because it's hit his hand in the box, okay? They're, they're going to argue that the proximity wasn't enough. They'll argue um, this and that, okay? But the reality is it hit his hand in the box um, and it's been given as a penalty. You can't act. The, the problem is the rule, the, the law as it is, is an ass. It's an ass. It's ridiculous, okay? That's the problem. And I think, as Gary Lineker said, they're probably going to change the law because it is it is. Is really absolutely stupid. Okay, so they're probably going to end up changing the law to cope with that. Um, but it is the law is so stupid. Uh, it's wrong. Um, what could Grealish do? He jumped in the air. The ball went over his head. He's in the air. You know, he can't really see what's going on. He's turning around and it's hit his hand. You've got to be really harsh to say that deserved to be a penalty. Um, well, it was. That, that's how it was given. Uh, and as I said, I think that was uh, dreadfully harsh, dreadful decision. Bernard, Bernard that was that. That was. I I, I take Ray's point. I I know the laws of the game. I know he's right. I, I I'm not gonna argue with him. But I mean, he knew absolutely sawed all about that. Um, it, it's so unbelievably unfair, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, but as a right, letter of the law, yeah, fair enough. But I mean, I take uh, Humbridge with the Coot, the VAR guy. Yeah. I mean, the re- the referees made a decision there that, for me, 
most most reasonable people would say was the correct decision. Now, as far as Coote's concerned, he should be pointing out if there's a clear and obvious error made by the referee. For me, it wasn't a clear and obvious error. He's, he's you know, it wasn't particularly his hand, but the referee was quite right. It wasn't, it wasn't clear and obvious he did it deliberately or he was too close to respond. So Coote's to blame, I think, for actually saying yeah. he should have just said, I'll go with the referee decision, I'll leave it, the AR's decided. Nothing's in it, and that's what normally happens sometimes with things like that. But Coote decided, and once Coote has decided to tell him to go and check his monitor, he's under extra pressure then. You know, and there's not many referees that stood up to VAR and monitor guys and said, no, I agree with my, you know, I'm not having it. Sorry, I, I made that decision, and you're, you're wrong. I still think it was accidental or, or not a clear and cut, obvious penalty. Uh, and obviously, once he went to that monitor, he, he just... That it was a FA Cup final for God's sake. What do you expect Tierney? You know, I'm not no big fan of Tierney's, but he's gonna do that. He's gonna he's gonna overturn it because yeah, it did it his hand, but he should have really questioned and, and, and stood up to it. But so I'll bring I'll blame Coot for that one. But as Ray said, it is the letter of the law and it all turned out all right in the end. And and that's the difference. If it hadn't and things like this go against you and this in the Champions League final, yes, it's it's a different kettle of fish, but uh, we got away with it. Uh, yeah, one, we weren't happy. United fans will argue one thing, we'll argue another. A lot of neutrals are saying it shouldn't have been a penalty or the laws need changing. So I'd, I'd just go along with that. Yeah, it, it was. I, I, I don't know. Ray is exactly right. I mean, I, I, I was just so frustrated because obviously, if you were watching on TV, uh, Bernard, you weren't, but the cameras went over to Ferguson who was celebrating. Like like he'd won the cup, um, and um, it, it it was a. Let's talk about the actual penalty uh, raise. Uh, it's yeah. very unusual uh, approach to taking a penalty, um, uh, Bruno Fernandez. And I don't know if you thought the goalkeeper could have done any better. He obviously went the wrong way, but um, what were you, what were your thoughts about that? I don't think he could have done anything about it. You know, uh, in in all honesty. Um, you know, the, Rock Fernandez is waiting for the goalkeeper to make a move. Goalkeeper makes a move. Fernandez makes does his move. So um, I don't think anything could have been done about it. I'm not going to cry about it. You know, um, he sent Ortega the wrong way. You know, he's got a, a free shot at goal. That's what you you know. That's what he should be doing. In in all honesty. What he should be doing, he should be sending the goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean, again, again, if the rules of the law allow the penalty taker to to move, you know, do a double pivot and turn around and stutter and start and twist and turn and do a, a, a sort of pipe, half pipe, whatever it is, lead up to the goal. And that, if the law say that's fine, then as a goalkeeper, you've got to be a bit clever and say, well, I'll just wait. I'll just take a yeah. chance that he's got to put it near me and I can react quick enough because once he's committed, which he was, he committed himself, gave, gave uh, the old... United, we call it, compared to a rat, isn't it? Very unkind, isn't it? But it's probably right. Uh, give him a chance. He just put it on the other side. So, yeah, I'm not going to blame Ortega, but I, sometimes I just want I just want a bit more thinking from my players about what's going to happen. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure we know what we know what the penalty taker's like for United. He does all this. He's done it before. It's not the first time he's done this sort of thing. So we should learn. Obviously, some guys on the coaching staff should be briefing Ortega as to what's going on, but... Hey, it, again, like the VAR decision, it, it turned out okay in the end, but uh, we have to we have to go with it. Yeah, Ray. I, I, at this point, um, just a few minutes later, um, uh, Fernandez went down, claiming that he'd been hit 
from something from the crowd. In fact, it was Lindelof, Lindelof. who 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 apparently got uh, hit from some kind of missile. Uh, did you see that? Did you have any opinion no, sorry, on that? I saw it on, on, obviously, a replay on the telly. And, yeah, he got slapped uh, there. It was uh, terrible, weren't it? Um, but what can you do? What can you do? You know, there's always going to be idiot fans. There's always going to be idiot fans who can't behave themselves, whether they're City fans, United fans, or anywhere. There's always going to be some idiots. And look, the guy's going to get probably get caught. He's going to get uh, done for that. Uh, you know, the minimum he's going to get is uh, a football banning order, and quite right. You, know, you, you can't go around doing like that. Mm-hmm. And so that sort of skittered through to um, half time there, uh, Bernard. I, I I don't think that there were any more uh, particularly good chances. I think there was one chance for Varane. Um, I didn't even recognise him. I don't know what he's done with his hair, but I didn't even recognise that guy. Um, but um, apart from that, I don't seem to think that there was that much um, happened uh, before uh, halftime. No, I think Ray pointed out City had two or three good chances with Haaland and KDB to, to increase Ali, the early Rodri one, of course. Uh, and the best chance they had, I think, uh, was 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 it the 48th minute, three minutes into where they, it sort of deflected and it sort of bounced, Rashford's involved and it sort of ended up bouncing wide. So it was a bit of a little bit of a panic just a minute before half time. But yeah, that was it. One one at half time. A bit we were all right. City fans were fine. It was just take it, took it on the chin, and we can go and win the second half. Yeah, uh, Ray. I mean, obviously, as um, as much as we were surprised by. Um, the first goal uh, for Man City. I mean, it must have been about five or six minutes, and then it was uh, Gundogan again. And this is why we were talking about him mm. and um, why we why we want to keep him. But um, that was a strange goal, uh, Ray. That went through two or three different players. There was no way in my mind that that was going to find its way into the back of the net. That was a weird goal. Yeah, it was a weird goal. It was um, look, um, he it was a great goal. It was, it was a, you know, the main thing was he got it on target. That was a crucial thing for me. It's a good shot on target. Um, deserved a goal for me. Uh, so lots of good stuff about it. Um, it, was a, it was a corner from KDB, and you know he he looked. You could see free kick, was, free kick near the corner, wasn't it? Free the kick. Free kick? I'll take it back. Uh, uh, Fred had fouled, I think he fouled KDB or something on the, on the, just near the corner, corner flag, yeah. I'll take it back, take it back. Um, but it was, um, it, you know, it was, it was a good um, free kick. But you could see, I remember the commentator on Sally said, he's looking, you know, he's uh, looking um, at the edge of the box, who's there, what can they do? And uh, KDB was there. Uh, sorry, a good one was there, edge of the box. No one marking him, which was, I thought, stupid. They should have had someone marking him, but they didn't. Uh, hey, you're not going to complain. If, uh, if if that's how United want to do it, let them do it that way. But they, I think they should have had someone uh, on the edge of the box. It came floating across the window, and he's on his left foot, and he's obviously not as good uh, on his left foot as he's on his right. He's on his left foot. Um, he got a decent connection, but he didn't really... Get a great connection. And yeah, I mean, if he connected properly, he probably wouldn't have scored. He'd have probably, 
it'll probably still be yeah, a defender with it because there's enough defenders in the way. Yeah, yeah. If if you got a good connection, probably still be sailing over, uh, <laughs> <laughs> still be flying in, high in the sky. But um, it, no, it was it was a it was a decent shot. Okay, but it, from where he was, about twenty two yards out. I'll be honest, I don't think it, it's it should be a goal. It should not have been uh, anywhere near a goal from from the distance he was. But once again, um, you can't argue. It was a uh, you know it went through a, a bundle of players and uh, Sergio. Yeah, I mean, now he didn't get a deflection. I, do, I double checked when I got on, watched the replays. How the hell he didn't deflect off somebody in the first place is, you know, it was just to say it was just the way he didn't quite make quite make the connection. And I thought he must have hit a United player somewhere. And I couldn't even see any deflection on it. It just sort of, sort of went through everybody. Yeah, yeah. I was I was surprised that um, it got through as far as it did. You know. The only plus point again, at least De Gea moved for this one and got an hand to it. That, that's a plus point for him. I think he'll learn. He'll learn De Gea. I know he's only a young keeper. He's not been there long. I'm sure, I'm sure he'll learn to save a few. But the thing but, uh, Bernard, Bernard, these um, these um, players that can shoot with with uh, both feet are are kind of rare. I think. I mean, we're always talking about uh, Kevin De Bruyne, who can do it with both feet. I didn't know that Gundo could do the same. I mean, this is going back to people like uh, George Best and and, and um, Paul Gascoigne, who could uh, pretty much uh, do everything with with both feet. But that's a that's a very rare skill, Bernard. I think I, I don't see it. I don't see it th- that much uh, yeah, in, in the Premier they're League. All, they're only paid two hundred grand a week and train every day. These guys. I mean, you don't expect them to use both feet, do you, uh, Mike? It's uh, sort of beyond the realm, isn't it? Of course. But uh, some people are good enough with one foot, like old David was. That uh, it doesn't really matter, does it? But uh, yeah, I, w- I would hope people like Gundo KDB is usually quite impressive on both, isn't he? You say he probably could have done better with one one effort yesterday, but uh, yeah, it, it is a, it's a skill. But I'm, I mean, all the time they spend practicing, uh, I'd be very disappointed. At least some of these players couldn't manage to hit a ball with both feet at some stage. Well, let, let's uh, let's do a pop quiz for uh, Ray. Now, in all your time of watching football, um. We're not going to talk about uh, Best and uh, Gascoigne or De Bruyne, but uh, how many genuinely two-footed players have you seen? Uh, wow, I can't rattle them off. That, that's the that's the truth. There, uh, there, there's not that many of them. Uh, Ronnie O'Sullivan. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he can definitely do it. Alex, no, no, Alex Higgins and Jimmy Jimmy White as well. Yeah. No, the thing, no, the thing. I don't think they were right. They couldn't play right-handing. Not, not the way Sullivan can play left or right-handed. We're talking slicker, guys. The thing is, even Bernardo Silva, I think he had one chance on his. He should have been on his right, and he took it with his left. You know that is. Uh, it is being serious for a second. It is a frustration when someone is only one-footed. When Nathan Ake came to City, I was worried that first season because I didn't think he felt comfortable or uh, he he felt like he didn't belong. Now, now that could be nerves fitting into City and everything else. But he also looked very one-footed. He only wanted it on his left foot. And that's a shame because you've got to have... You're, you, you, you've got one good foot. Your, your other foot shouldn't be a swinger. It should be good enough. And as I said, Gundogan's was good enough. He didn't get a good connection, but it was good enough. Um, but I, I'm trying to think who else is, is genuinely two-footed. You see someone like Lionel Messi. Well, you know, his right leg is for standing on, isn't it? 
Um, and I, I can't. Yeah, he's not very good, is he? He's not been very. He was not been very good, has he? No, I can <laughs> Never wanted him. He never. You know, yeah, brother. Do, do do you do you know any uh, really no, good two-footed players? Well, the thing about it, obviously, if you're going back in the old days. The thing is, you were very specific on positions. You have left backs, you have left outside lefts, you had right left midfield, right midfield. You had guys who basically grew up just using one foot. I mean, when I used to be a kid, I used to try and do things with my left foot. I was right footed. And I deliberately tried to do things with my left foot sometimes just to sort of, you know, get the practice. But in the old days, it didn't really matter that much. So I wouldn't say to you, such and such is brilliant with both feet. Obviously, you had all rounders like the, the classics, Colin Bell and things like this. Of course, you did. But in this day and age, I don't, as Ray said, I'm, I'm struggling really this, the, to say that someone, someone's outstanding with both feet. They all prefer one, one of the feet and they can do an okay job with the other one. And that's the best we're going to get, I think. Uh, you know, it's not like Snooker, it's not like Ronnie O'Sullivan. I don't, I don't think you can put that sort of category, yeah. that you'll make that category. So, yeah, I'd have to agree, but and say even back in time, it didn't matter as much because if you're a left winger, Hey, you very rarely use your right foot. You're a left winger. You went down the wing and crossed it in with your left foot. That that was his job. Mike Summerby, you went down his... Did Mike Summerby put a cross in with his left foot ever? I don't know. He might have done, but I don't remember any. It was all down the right wing and in with his right foot. He was a number nine as well, so he must have used both feet because he scored a few goals as a number yeah. nine. But, yeah, it's, it's difficult difficult to know. All, yeah, all just, people. just to... Um, um, Elaborate on that um, reference that um, uh, Ray made to um, Ronnie O'Sullivan and people like uh, Jimmy White. They they only did it to take the piss, basically. They, they they weren't doing it for any other purpose. But guys, anyway, here we go into the second half. We're two one up, and I think the only uh, I guess fluctuations of blood pressure that came to Man City fans was the introduction of that, um, that bottle blonde uh, player. Um, Garnacho, I think, is, is the one that um, they've all got their money on. Um, uh, Ray, what kind of a player do you think he is? I think he's a great... He, he looks a talent, OK? Obviously, we don't know how really how good he is, but he does look a talent. Um, how good he's going to be, that's obviously very, very difficult to say. Uh, what his level is going to be, how good he's going to be when he grows up, let's say. But right now, he looks he looks uh, a very very decent player. I'd uh, love to have him at City. You know, he's pretty direct. He's got uh, a good bit of dribbling on him. Um, he's not afraid to have a shot, which which I like. You know, I mean, it's hard as well to sometimes compare him to uh, City players, kind of, because you say, well, you know, um, if. He was playing for City. Would we said it a few times as a joke, obviously? But would Pep coach dribbling out of him? That's always the concern with Pep um, and the way he, he does things. Is, is, is he wants that control? That's why Grealish and Mares are totally different players to they were uh, what they would have been um, when they were playing at their respective previous clubs because Pep. Wants, as I said, he wants that possession. He doesn't want us to lose the ball. He wants them. He give them. He gives them specific tasks to do, and they have to. <laughs> they have to go with what Pep says. So, um, I'm. I mean, I'm quite um, uh, pleased overall uh, with. Um, no, with, with the, no, sorry, I take that back. I was going to say pleased with Ganacho. He's not a City player, so I'm, well, I should have been pleased with him. I take that back. But I'm, I'm always excited to see young kids um, coming through. 
he's coming through and I'd like to see what he can do going forwards. You know, I think he's, uh, he's got great potential um, and uh, I always like good football. I always like good football and whoever's playing it, I like it. So give the kid a chance and give him a break and let's see what he can do. Bernard, um, talking about um, young, exciting players coming through and uh, Ray's notion about um, their key skills being coached out of them, what the hell has happened to Jaden Sancho? I mean, at, at one point, he was um, regularly uh, rated alongside uh, Jude Bellingham as uh, a great, great um, future England pr- prospect. But um, as I've watched this season, what the hell has happened to him, Bernard? Well, he's playing for United. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's simple as that. I mean, you know, they're, they're not, you know, it's like with City, though. You take a certain players out of City, put them in another team, they're not as effective. San- Sancho playing for City, I think, would be a totally different player, as in Ganacho probably would if he, if he was uh, down the line, say, if they hadn't, been, Pep hadn't trained it out of him, what he can do. But no, uh, I think it's as simple as that. I think players like Sancho need need consistency and quality around them to get the best out of them. Um, and at the moment, United, are, I don't think they've had a great end of season. Although they picked up a few wins, etc., towards the end, guaranteed third spot, of course, in the league, which is great. But I don't think they've been playing very well. I think we saw that yesterday. There's there's a lack of cohesion, I think, on the pitch. I say the only time they really worried me was when Gennaccio came on late in the game. They didn't really particularly, uh, I wasn't really panicking at all. He had a couple of half chances, but no, I think that's the reason. I, th- I think he's joined a team that, you know, at the moment still needs a lot of, hell of a lot of work doing on it. And that's obviously making him look, uh, look, look bang average, which, you know, I say I've not seen anything to disprove that at the moment, that he's bang average himself. But I'm sure that's just because he's playing for this team, United, at the moment. Yeah, I like that word, cohesion. Um, Ray, what are your opinions um, about that? Because, I mean, a lot of people thought that, like, Jaden Sancho was going to be like the future of Man City, the next, um, yeah. the, ne- the next big thing. Okay, I was disappointed that he left. Very disappointed because he's. Uh, I think he he looked uh, as a kid. He looks an, an immense talent, but he left. Uh, the reasons he left was because I think he wanted more game time. He felt he deserved more game time. I'm not so sure about that, you know. But he also saw there was no. It's hard to say this, but no future. Because at the time, how could he get into a side ahead of uh, Leroy Sane? How could he get into a side ahead of Phil Foden had come through? At the time, Phil Foden was playing on the left. Leroy Sane was playing on the left. How could Sancho get in on the left? On the right, we had Riyad Mahrez. Okay? How could he get in on the right ahead of Riyad Mahrez? He couldn't. So he knew his opportunities were going to be limited. Each of those players are world players. And I've not mentioned Bernardo Silva playing on the right as well. Sterling. Sterling was there when he was there. Sterling was playing on the left and right. But on the left, we had... Uh, that's right. We had, so we had Sane, Sterling, Mares, Bernardo. Mario Who was that Spanish there. kid that we, we sold to uh, Madrid? Raheem Diaz. Raheem Diaz. Okay, he left... Raheem, he, he also looked really good too. Yeah, but he... Again, he, he's, he's a uh, Madrid fan. It's natural and you know your future's blocked at City. You've got to be, I've said this many times before, you've got to be someone like Phil Fordham, City through and through. He will stick it out on the bench for two or three seasons to make it. Brahim Diaz won't, okay? Somebody else won't. Phil Fordham. And if you're good enough, you will make it. And Phil Fordham, within two seasons, was 
becoming more regular within four seasons. You know, if he hasn't been injured this season, I think he'd have played a, a lot more. He's an important player and really on the top of his game, he's in my first team. He's ahead, way ahead of Grealish uh, for me, uh, whether he plays on the left or the right. He's ahead of Grealish and Marek by a long way when he's on the top of his game. But, you know, Sancho knew he couldn't play, uh, get anywhere with City. Big move to Dortmund. I suspect he got a nice signing on bonus, probably 10 million quid. That For a kid of 19, 20, that'll make a huge difference. You know, to get a signing on bonus at 10 million quid. Then when he moved from Dortmund, he, you know, he was around some young players. It was an exciting... Dortmund did a pretty exciting side. with They had uh, Rayner there. They had, obviously, Haaland there. They had uh, Sancho. Two or three other uh, young kids. Exciting. Um, fun, I think. Um, and then he went to United. And United was shocking. United are not very good. And Sancho has just fallen off a cliff. Maybe, maybe again, he signed for United. He's got another £10 million signing on bonus. Maybe, who knows what the reasons are. Maybe he's got too much money. Maybe he believed too much in himself. Maybe it's a combination of many things. Maybe it's a combination, including United, are not very good. If he was playing for City, I think he'd be all right because Pep would have, you know. Okay, for me, back in the day, if you go back years ago, I thought Sancho had more potential than Jack Grealish five years ago, four or five years ago. I would have said that. Um, so that's, you know, potentially that could have been Sancho on the left playing, you know, if, if he buckled down. But he, you know, he, he left. And to be honest, I don't see a future for him at United. I really don't. It's cost him a bucket load of money. Um, and United are going to be looking for a striker. So if United get a proper striker, Harry Kane, Victor Ossiman, or whoever, where's Rashford going to play? Rashford's going to go out on the left. Okay, I think Martial's going to leave. Um, Ganacho's got to come through. So where's Sancho going to play? I mean, I, I think for the future for United, it would be a new, a new striker, a new number nine. Rashford on one wing, Ganacho on the other. That's how I'd do it. I'd have him as fifth choice. So um, he's fallen down, but I think that's partly his. I don't know how much it's his own fault or not. He's, he doesn't come across, and maybe I'm overstepping the line, he doesn't come across a likable person. Maybe that because he's young, he's had a lot of problems recently and frustrated or whatever. But there's something wrong with the kid. He's at the wrong club. That's his own fault for going to United. If he was at, I, I maintain if he's at City, I think he'd be a world-class star. Now, progress in the right way he'd have developed and he would have shot. And I think uh, what he showed at Dortmund, imagine what he showed at Dortmund, that level of ability in a City side, I think it'd have been brilliant. But he's not one of ours. He's never going to be one of ours. And I, I hope he has stinkers every time he plays. <laughs> well, Bernard, I don't know um, how much you stick around for um, trophy lifts and celebrations like this, but uh, Ray mentioned, um, you know, people that are unlikable. Um, I've got a photograph right in front of me right now, and um, it's uh, it's got uh, uh, Rico Lewis um and uh, obviously uh, Ilkay, Ilkay Gundogan uh, holding the trophy up. That was very gratifying to me, um, I thought. I don't know if you stuck around for that, but that was that was interesting. Yeah, I mean, you can always see so much up in the stands. It's difficult to see. You know, you see it better on the TV, of course. We, we, when I watch when I go watch a trophy list, as soon as that trophy's gone past where I am in the ground, 
I'm gone. I'm not going to hang around too much. We've got things to do. I've got, you know, I've got the rest of my life to carry on with. So as long as I've stayed, seen the trophy, I mean, there's loads of people that when, when they lift the trophy in the box, I mean, there was a big row of empty seats next to me. The people had just, that was, that was enough and they'd gone. But, you know, I waited till they come over to our side, showing the trophy off. And then they went over to some more other fans and that's our time to go. So, and I, I did enjoy the fact a lot of City players who didn't play yesterday, uh, looked genuinely happy, as you say. You mentioned Rico Lewis there, and, and why not? Uh, we're a team, and even though they're not playing, they're not on the on the pitch. Uh, why, why not be be happy? That's how it should be. And I, I was I was glad to see people like Edison and Rico Lewis, Mares, uh, enjoying the occasion, and that that is how, exactly how it should be. It was very gratifying, Ray, wasn't it? I mean, someone like uh, Rico Lewis is definitely the future of Man City. I would say. That, yeah, that, that, looked, that, looked, that looked beautiful, didn't it? Yeah. Look, the City fans, and, and this is what I've said before, this is what's important. City fans playing for City, coming through, they'll stick it out. There's, as I said, the same way Forden stuck it out, people are telling him, advising him, you know, was it, uh, Neil Cussis advising him to go out on loan, or he's going to be a bench warmer for the next six years as well. You know, <laughs> Neil Cussis has been back in his box uh, ever since. Uh, because Foden's come through and shone. Cole Palmer and Rico Lewis. Rico Lewis will be around, will be not going anywhere. I hope Cole Palmer doesn't go out on loan next season, especially if we lose Gundogan and uh, uh, Bernardo. I think Gomez, Gomez was. I saw him with the cup. You know, he was. He Everybody was enjoyed it. Yeah. Look, I saw Alvarez with the cup. He didn't play. He was running. Oh, yeah, he was beaming. He was beaming. Yeah, you would. You were not going to pull, you're not pull a face here, but I mean, he was, they're genuinely happy, of course. Yeah, it's a unit. Yeah. Absolutely. The young players, he's part of that squad, which is great uh, to see how he celebrates. He celebrates as if he'd scored the winner. You know, everybody was celebrating. He celebrated better than he, the FA Cup, I think, than um, he had to be coaxed and cajoled to celebrate the, the league win um, you know, um, up in Manchester. So, He's still very shy, but he's coming out of his shell. He enjoyed it. Rico Lewis, he was so happy. Um, Cole Palmer, Gomez, everybody. And and it's great these kids are coming through. Um, you know, contrast that with Riyad Mahrez just sloping around, walking up to the, t- you know, while the players are running around celebrating Harlands, giving it the big fist to the crowd, you know, geeing them up, pumping them along. And Mahrez is like a miserable old so-and-so just walking along. And this is the point I was saying earlier. Some guy on Twitter calls himself the shake. He had a talk to Maras and said, I mean, it's, I understand where he's coming from because he's trying to read, everybody's trying to read between the lines and work things out. Um, and he said the way Maras was not celebrating and just walking around and not with the other players, he's gonna, he thought he was going to leave. And then Maras put him back in his box and said, uh, and actually retweeted him and said, just because you bought a blue tick doesn't mean we have, you know, your, your BS is right or whatever. And just because I'm walking doesn't mean I'm leaving, just because I'm walking around the pitch. You know, a lot. We discussed it earlier. There's going to be some disappointment from the senior players. Senior players want to play. I bet you Laporte's mega disappointed. I bet you Mares mega disappointed because they didn't get on the pitch. They want to start that game. Aki, I think he's disappointed, but not as much as Uz because I think it, for him it's more understandable because he's just come back from injury. Um, but the senior players want to play. Forden, he's loving it. He's a City fan. He's loving it. He had 10 or 12, 15 minutes. He was very, he was reasonably happy. I you can see from the smile on his face. So the older players, they're going to be like that, you know, a bit disappointed. And yes, people are going to put two and two together and make five. Uh, but, you know, um, 
the kids, the kids have done great. The kids are happy. And as I said, the more Manchester City graduates come through that can compete for places in the first team, the stronger City will be because you're not worried. Look at Romeo Lavia. Okay, he wouldn't, you know, he was unlucky that we went for Calvin Phillips in, in, in international midfield. But Lavia at City wouldn't have got game time. So that's one of the reasons he's gone. And he's not a City fan. He's come from Belgium, I think, or Netherlands or wherever. So if he was a City fan, he'd have stuck around. He'd have stuck, he'd have stuck around a season on the bench playing around this team. But Lavia was, wasn't a City fan, so he's not prepared to do that. So he's gone and he's done pretty well for himself. And actually... And the Southampton side that got relegated, this talk of Liverpool being interested in getting him uh, over there. And if I was him, I'd go like a shot. So the young players coming through are great. They're enjoying it. They're having a great time. They're a unit. They're playing for each other. Uh, and I think that just gets stronger. Uh, sorry, did you say Liverpool were poaching a Southampton player? I, I don't believe that, mate. I can't, I can't believe that for one moment. <laughs> In the past, Adam Milana, Ricky Lambert, they got uh, Marnie. Well, it must be a dozen. They must have took a full team off him over the last few years. What's his face? Virgil van Dijk. There's four. (laughs) Can you imagine if those players... I always say this about Southampton. Can you? At some point, selling players, you end up going too far because you can't keep replacing them with the talent. You can't get lucky or right all the time. And that might happen to Brighton. It's like McAllister's. So Luke again might get Lavia from the South Coast and uh, they might get McAllister. It looks like they're getting him from, from Brighton. Eventually, Brighton, the conveyor belt of talent that they're bringing in will run out. Uh, I, I really do believe that. Uh, and it's also interesting. It's like City. Kukurela has gone to from Brighton to Chelsea. And he's bobbins, you know. It's players who have gone who absolutely don't fit in. And look, City were looking at paying best part of fifty million for Kukurela. You know, you would look at him now and you think the guy would never have made it at City. I mean, well, guys, uh, let, let's uh, just uh, draw this. Uh... This pod uh, to an end. Now, I'm not going to preempt two more pods that uh, me and the two fellas are going to do before uh, the Champions League final. But I do think that it it is necessary uh, just to to make a few, uh, sorry, a few comments about um, the Champions League final. Um, Bernard, this Inter Milan team, I've studied him. Uh, very, very hard. Uh, they're, what would you say? They're, they're a workmanlike team with a strong defence that can hit you on the break, basically. Um, I don't think that's a, an unfair uh, summary. What, what would you say? Well, it'll be a lot tougher game than we got uh, yesterday. Uh, absolutely no doubt about that. Uh, and as we know, we know it's, it's reputation with Italian teams and they live up to the reputation. I say I've, I've actually watched a little bit of the highlights of some of the games, and hey, uh, we're going to have to perform a bit better, and I'm sure we can because it's it's a big, big game. But uh, yeah, M- M- Milan are a big challenge. Certainly, it certainly will be a bigger challenge than we faced uh, yesterday. Let's hope we're up for it. Let's hope the players mentally and physically are up for it, and that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a, a war of nerves as well. It's going to be a you know, there's going to be pinches in the centre early, pinches and punches yeah. and God knows what going on off the ball. But our players are going to have to stay calm if they can wind the Italians up so they lose it rather than us losing it. And it's going to be a battle and it's going to be a battle we need to win and we hope, we hope we'll hope we win. But let's make no bones about it. It's certainly going to be a bigger battle than we, we had to fight yesterday. Ray, it, it, uh, just to finish off, it's all about us not beating ourselves. 
in this game? Yeah, well, how well, do you feel? Look, we are clearly a much better side than they are. I'm not going to, you know, that's not me being big-headed or anything else. We are miles better. That's quite clear. And it's, it's really up to us now. We just have to uh, perform like that. You know, we have to, um, you know, we don't need the style. We need to, whether we have to uh, grit it out, we have to get through that game. Whatever it takes, we have to get through that game. Uh, and I think we've got the capacity, the capability to certainly do that. Um, so, you know, we just have to, I think, I don't I don't want people to think I'm arrogant. You know, people think we City fans are a bit too arrogant when we're not. But I, I think uh, if we play at 90% capacity, simple as that. Yeah. That's all we need is 90% capacity. Um, I hope we play at 110% capacity, to be honest. But... Uh, We'll be right, I think. We'll be right. Yeah, I think that's 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 a fair summary, guys. Uh, but uh, uh, listen, listeners, um, you'll be hearing from us uh, at least two more times before that game, and then we'll we'll grab uh, Bernard after uh, that result, whatever it is, and uh, we'll do another one. Um, but until then, um, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate your support. But we'll finish off this pod in the normal way by saying, have one on us and up the blues. Up the blues.